when we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome or welcome back, whichever the case may be, to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and the front door to the camp house is brought to you by Fort of Flora from Purina Veterinary Diets. America's number one canine probiotic. It should live in your fridge if you own a dog. Forta Flora. Hey, this show today is all about the dogs. Let's talk about those bird dogs of yours, or a lot of this stuff we're going to talk about applies even to your house dog. We've got some of the very top dog trainers on planet Earth on the show today. Guys like Carl Gunzer up in Colorado. Carl, it's hot outside. I want to talk to you about training dogs in this hot, hot weather. Welcome back. Good to have you. Talk to us a little bit about how to keep our dogs cooler and safer during hot training sessions. Yeah. Well, you know, back in the old days, you fix that with uh, your truck and you drive up to Montana and spend the summers <laughs> in Montana training. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there's the easy answer, right? The, the hard yeah. one now for all of us guys working and not competing is uh, how do you survive, uh, you know, the summer if you live in Texas down south? and um, you know, for the retrievers that I did, the maybe the short, easier answer is water. You know, the dogs swim, and, um, you know, you try to work in the water when you can. But honestly, the water gets hot, too, you know, and um, a dog can overheat swimming in warm water just as easily as running on land. So, um, you know, the, the main thing I would really try to do when I had a, a bunch of dogs and had to train in hotter weather, even, you know, if, if you're in Montana or wherever it gets hot, is shorten the length of the training sessions and just sort of watch for signs of uh, when the dogs start to get too hot. You know, is there, there excessive panting, um, uh, the tongue starts to curl, you know, they start to, um, you know, they, they almost, you, they get a look that, uh, hey, they, you know, they won't quit, but they won't mind if you ask them to, to stop, you know, one thing to watch out for. And as you said, some of the signs, um, you know, we mentioned a heavily curling tongue, labored breathing. Um, you know, if a dog ever gets wobbly, I mean, you've you've gone too far at that point, right? As soon as a dog starts to, to wobble or stagger around, you know, you've, you've gone too far, and that's time to really start working to cool a dog off a little bit. Um, never in ice water, you know, cool off with, you know, cool water. Uh, people can use alcohol, um, like rubbing alcohol, which has evaporative cooling under their um, armpits and feet and that type of thing if you don't have water handy. But um, the big thing is to start that cooling process, stop working, get them in the shade, and um, start working to, to get their temperature back down to an acceptable level. Yeah, and something key that you said there is never use ice water because, uh, boy, we would just totally send them into shock, huh? Yeah, it, it causes some other physical reactions, and I'm, I'm not a veterinarian by any stretch, but uh, I know that cold water causes some constriction of blood vessels and different things that, um, is just not recommended. You know, cool water, yes, but never like ice cold water. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Um, and, and I'm sure in the summer months, you're limiting like five minutes sometimes when, you know, the desert southwest where it can reach 120 degrees uh, or in the southeastern United States where that humidity can hit 120 uh, percent, just outrageous numbers. Uh, five minutes yep. 
you can get a lot done in five minutes if you pre-plan and and uh, just get your work done. Yeah, and, and Bill, you know, the other thing is is people there's other things that you can work on in those months where you can't run the dog. So you know, work on your physical physical conditioning when it's cool and you can spend time doing it in the summer. Maybe work on their their minds a little bit, whether it's honoring, um, you know, being steady to other dogs, you know, maybe do things a little different. So in the retriever deal, um, you know, shorten the retrieves, but have one dog honor another one, or maybe have three or four dogs out and have them all sitting there and give them each retrieves one at a time where the other three have to watch one work or, uh, you know, with, with bird dogs kind of practice honoring and steadying more and working on their mind as opposed to, you know, developing a big run. So I think, um, people can be smart about what they're trying to teach when, and that really helps you do something. And, you know, there's a, oh, you know, people that have their dogs in the house, there's a lot of training that can be done in the house, whether it's, you know, learning to be steady walking through doorways or stay on a place board. And, um, I mean, there's, you know, healing drills, you know, if it's a, a breed or something where you really need some control, like a versatile dog, um, do some healing drills. Uh, so I think, just sort of adapting to the time of the year and being smart. You can you can train year-round, even if you live in Texas. You just have to, to be careful and do things a little differently in the summer. Yep, there you go. Uh, I'm going back to your original thought, and that is uh, take a little trip to Montana <laughs> and stay there for a few months. <laughs> Good advice. Carl yeah. Gunzer with my yeah. Purina Pro Plan. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Billy. Hey, another really good tip, and we touched on it, Florida Flora. You know, you do your hot weather training, uh, and it doesn't take long at all, and your dog can get have some GI upset. Florida Flora is a great preventative, and it's safe enough to give every day to your dog. You're going to hear us talk more about Florida Flora as the day goes on uh, with these great dog trainers. If you own a dog, especially a young dog, fireworks can be a bad deal. Next weekend, there'll be a lot of celebrating going on. Let's make some preparation with our dogs. Tom Dockin helps us with that when we come back from the coffee pot. Carl Gunzer is going to be back later in the show along with Bob West talking about traveling with dogs. If your dog likes to go on vacation with you, you need to hear this. I'm Delmer Smith. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. And that's the fact. Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert, well done. Texas Outdoors' final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors, Southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook Traffic Circle. Thank you for your business. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife 
quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences, fences that keep the hogs out and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S, TejasRanchFence.com. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weather. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com You folks come in off the porch. Kinder Outdoors is back. And it's all about the dogs today. Listen, Calming Care is a great product from our friends at Purina that settles the overactive dog, the nervous Nelly, the overbarker, the overjumper, the one that, golly, tears up the furniture and the carpet. Check into Calming Care if that's your dog. I want to go to Northfield, Minnesota now because Tom Dockin uh, joins us to talk about fireworks and dogs. Tom, that can be a real bad deal. Oh, boy. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those game changers. And game enders, actually, in a lot of cases. Um, you know, unfortunately, 
Fourth uh, of July has probably ruined more potential hunting dogs than any other, you know, one day out of the year. And, and you know, there, there's certain things that you can recover from dog training-wise. I mean, I always tell people, you can do a bad job with sit or come and uh, still have a hunting dog. You can't do a bad job with uh, introduction to loud noises and uh, and still have a hunting dog in a lot of cases. Yeah, and if we uh, if we get excited and it's Fourth of July and we want to make the kids happy and we bought that big package of fireworks that we're going to set off, we can be halfway through that and realize, oh no, I'm probably too close to the kennel and those pups over there. We we need to put some forethought into where our dogs are going to be when all of these fireworks start going off. Well, yeah, and you know it's not often you know self-inflicted wounds, so to speak, where you're doing it yourself. It's you know, did you do you really know what's going on in your neighborhood or or going on that that's out of your control as well? So, uh, man, I it's just something that you you have to be super careful with, uh, and and you know almost you know to the point where you go, all right, I'm going to be real anal about making sure that this puppy is protected from these noises. You just can't take you can't take that chance. You just can't. Uh, so, no. yeah, so not only what are you doing on 4th of July, but know what your surroundings are going to be like as well. And expect the worst so you know how to prepare for it and keep your, you know, your new puppy, you know, protected from it. Tom, and you're going to hate this question, but if, if it's too late, if it happened early in our dog's life and, and now he's a, a year old and he's really scared of, of loud noise, how do we go about working with that dog out in the field to maybe bring him back a little bit? Well, you, you know, what, what's happened there is that fireworks in general, and you could do this with the gun as well by doing, a, you know, the wrong gun introduction. There's two types of introductions to noises. There's a tolerance introduction, and then there's a positive reinforcement introduction. Tolerance means I just hope the dog tolerates this and doesn't get scared. And that could be in the form of, you know, say, well, I'm just going to take my dog to the trap range and have him in the parking lot and then gradually try to work him closer to the guns. He doesn't know what the noise is or why it's there, and all you're doing is crossing your fingers and hoping that he tolerates the noise. And sure, there's been people that that's how they introduce their dogs to the gun. And I always say, well, you know, you rolled the dice and you won that time. I, I just don't want to roll the dice, and that's... That's not what I'm going to do. So positive reinforcement, what we would do, and this is with any dog now, but we have to find something that this dog is crazy about to do. And early on what we'll do is we'll get them really fired up about, you know, picking up pigeons, uh, getting that aggressiveness and bringing out that prey drive, and really get that to the forefront. And then what we'll gradually do is I would have a, it's a two-person operation, and this goes for a dog who has, hasn't had a bad experience or does, then we'll have somebody get out in front with that pigeon, dead bird, or whatever really turns your dog on. And that person will just clap their hands. They're going to be out there about 25, 30 yards. Clap their hands and throw that object and let the dog go retrieve and come back. And clapping your hands at 40 yards, I mean, that's it's so light it's not even a factor. But the whole idea is that dog is getting a little audible noise and seeing something that it wants, okay? So we'll we'll do that for a couple of days, gradually work it in closer and closer where the dog hears that, that little slap 
and then gets to make the retrieve. Uh, and provided that's going well, we go, you know, back out to 40 yards, pop a blank pistol. And I like using those little acorn crimps. You know, they're, they're a little bit of a noise, but they're not overwhelming. And pop and then throw. And then we're always watching the dog's reaction. The person who's shooting is watching, and then the person who is hanging on to the, to the dog and then sending it for the retrieve is watching. And we want to see the dog just fired up to run out there. Now, things that you got to look for is gun shyness can be anything from when that noise takes place where the dog just blinks and then runs out and makes a great retrieve. That, that ju Even that blinking is telling you that eh, I'm a little uncertain with the noise, but I, I like what's out there. So it can go then progressively from blinking to, to kind of just turning their head away and looking the opposite direction, knowing that that person's going to, you know, pop that blank pistol, to then turning their back to the, you know, the guy who's going to be throwing and shooting and then wanting to get out of there. So we even, we even look at a blink like, okay, we're seeing some signs here. We need to get further away with that noise or back up a step to just clapping for you know, a while. Well, gradual progression then, Billy, is, is blank gun over a period of days where we gradually work a little closer, always with the throw. And I always tell people this is like if I had $100 bills out there and I clapped my hands and you came out and I gave you 100 bucks, pretty soon you'd go, hey, uh, that's a pretty good noise, you know, that's out there. So, and we want the dog to feel the same way. But as we work in closer, we'll still watch the dog's posture. And that really what you want is that they should be just like tugging and pulling on that leash to want to get out to that person. And then uh, when we get to the point where we can shoot the blank gun next to the dog, we go all the way back out at that 40-yard distance and we start with a 410. And then gradually work each day in a little bit, a little bit, always with that throw and retrieve. Go all the way back out again, start the 20-gauge, and then, you know, gradually um, go to the 12-gauge. But... The, the key there is, is if you see that uh, they're a little uncomfortable, then, you know, back down. Back down to a lighter, you know, what the dog really excelled on before. Back down. You know, get down to maybe the go back to the 410 or go back to the, the blank gun. Uh, because if you decide that you're going to try to accomplish this today, you, that's not how it works. You accomplish what the dog will let you accomplish. Professionally, think of this, professionally, without without a, uh, a problem with a dog that has had no problems with the gun, we take two weeks to properly introduce a dog to the gun. So if you think you're going to do it on the weekend, it's really a gamble. Uh, so with so, a, a, normal, a normal dog starting from yeah. scratch, yeah, no problems, two weeks. So Yeah. So and then if you have a dog that has already had a problem, we're going to say a minimum of a month. But here's the problem. We could be, you know, moving right along, you know, and things are moving, moving, moving. All of a sudden, one day, you know, that dog might go, you know what? I was okay with the blank gun and the 410, uh, you know, the 20 gauge. Uh -uh. It's not going to happen. So, you know, a professional trainer, you know, is probably is not going to go like, yeah, got it covered. I can take care of it. Because you never know when and if that dog is going to go, I'll tolerate up to this point, and then that's it. Now, dogs with super hard prey drive are probably a little bit better candidates because their desire to want to go do the retrieve and that bird drive will overcome.
sometimes those things. Yep, if you have a dog that is a little skittish in general, a little softer temperamented, um, you know, they're they're going to question the process probably a little bit more. Hey, Tom, I tell everybody every week that Purina Pro Plan is the absolute best fuel that you can give not only your bird dog, but your cow dog, your couch dog, your whatever dog, and I know you're in full agreement with that. Uh, we are. You know, we feed a lot of dogs uh, the Purina brand. We feed the Purina Pro Plan. We we need to feed the best, and, uh, you know, in my book, yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. Thanks, Tom. Tom Dockin from his world-famous Oak Ridge Kennels, Northfield, Minnesota. Hi, this is Dean Ranke with Purina Pro Plan. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Hey, Billy, nice Brittany's over there. I'm Tom Watson with Bended Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. Outdoor Texas Camps produces strong young women. Yeah, I was eight, so I was a camper for about three, four years. Like Faith, step one is attend an Outdoor Texas Camp. Get involved, and you never know where it will go from there. This camp like gave me foundational skills of like how to plan, how to like what does responsibility look like. If they they can come in knowing nothing, and they will leave with a whole new set of skills. Top-notch instructors teaching outdoor skills. Hunting, fishing, and the shooting sports. Young ladies growing confident in their abilities. Like this camp, like, yes, it's about hunting and fishing and their skills learned, but I think they grow up in these camps. We see a kid that doesn't know what, honestly, what responsibility is, and they grow up. Outdoor Texas Camps is now taking enrollment for girls 9 to 17, with $400 scholarships available to young ladies in the North Texas area for Summer Camps 2022. Make it a summer of growth for the young lady in your life. It all starts at OutdoorTexasCamps.com. It's time to get doves and ducks on your mind. And, hey, deer season is just around the corner. Ramp it up this year with help from Marksman Firearms in Mansfield, Killeen, Wichita Falls, and Granbury. Rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and accessories. Marksman makes it easy, too, with same-as-cash 90-day layaway. Military and first responders enjoy a 10% discount. New to shooting? No problem. Marksman Firearms has knowledgeable pros that love to help. Make your mark at Marksman, MarksmanFirearms.com. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. 
Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned glass-paneled Wi-Fi enabled habitats over the mountains and out into the wild from which they hate to admit they emerged their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet If their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the Earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world, human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path, the truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. that a creek full of fish and woods loaded with wildlife are good for our kids. And the kids tend to agree. At Kinder Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day. It's all about the dogs today. Your hard-working bird dogs, your lovable lap dogs. A lot of this stuff applies to all dogs. This one in particular, though, is aimed at the sporting breeds. Your bird dog. And I want to talk to my ProPlan friend again, Carl Gunzer, up in Colorado about Purina ProPlan. Welcome back, Carl. Hey, Billy. How are you? I'm good. Carl, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Optimum Feed. Uh, you are a bird dog guy. You won a couple of national championships. Uh, bird dogs have been a big part of your life a long, long time. And that led to a career uh, with our friends at Purina ProPlan. And uh, every field trialer, trainer, uh, everyone who knows anything about their dogs knows you're not going to get a better fuel than ProPlan. ProPlan performance, 30% protein, 20% fat. Most of us feed it in the wintertime. That makes sense. It's a hot fuel, and we burn a lot of energy in the wintertime. But it's recommended by your scientists there to feed it year-round, even in the hot summer. That's right, Billy. The biggest thing that changes for a dog is sort of the, the caloric needs when it's running, when it's performing, and how hard it's working. But that doesn't really change its system. You know, it still does it. It's very efficient at burning fat. It utilizes protein. And while, you know, in the summer, if you're not training or competing, 
you might not need to feed as much food, there's really no advantage to changing foods to something with less protein and fat. I know a lot of times people will do it. They think um, their dog is going to get, you know, the quote, the word you hear is hot by um, feeding a higher protein and fat food. But honestly, they do a better job metabolizing and burning fat than they do carbohydrates or, or anything else. And so really, um, we recommend just decreasing the amount you feed, feed the same food year-round. The dog system never has to adjust to a, a different protein and fat level. You know, you can save a little bit of money by, by feeding less dog food. You know, I heard a scientist talk a few years ago about feeding ProPlan year-round as opposed to uh, a fuel that's not so, quote, hot in the summertime. And, and he explained that really by the time your dog – uh, makes the adjustments needed to take on a new feed, a new formula, it's then time to move them back into your fall feeding pattern, your <laughs> your active pattern of pro-plan performance again. So uh, it, it's not like our dogs can just adjust overnight. Exactly. You know, um, Billy, tomorrow if you say, hey, I'm going to start on a keto diet and you eat uh, meat for one day, you know, your body is not in ketosis yet, right? You're not – your your system hasn't adapted to burning that food properly. It takes you weeks or months before, you know, your body is adapted to that diet. So it's sort of the same with these dogs, right? If they start, um, if tomorrow you say, hey, I'm going to go hunting, so I'm going to feed him a higher protein and fat diet, he's not going to optimally digest that food the next day. It's going to be, you know, six to eight weeks before their body is really utilizing that diet to the best of their ability. So um, there's really no reason to switch foods. And, and like you say, if you do, you should switch back to your performance food about two months before the competition starts. Um, yeah. So, you know, may as well just keep them on the same, same diet. I guess the only thing I would say, if somebody really feels strongly, they have a dog that is a super easy keeper, and you feel like, gosh, in the summer, you know, I can't hardly feed this dog more than, you know, two cups of food. And she acts like she's starving. She She's not satisfied with this small portion. You know, you could switch to a little less nutrient-dense food. Um, but, again, you'd want to switch back, you know, two months prior to really beginning training. And hopefully most people don't let their dogs just lay around in the summertime, or I should maybe say the off-season, right? They, you keep them, keep them working some, you know, maybe not as rigorous. They need, their bodies obviously need some time to, to settle down and, and relax and um, kind of heal from the hunting season or field trial season or whatever it might be. But, uh, um, you know, if you can do it and keep them on the same food, you might as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another big deal for people that have multiple dogs and kennel their dogs um, on on concrete is the, that stool. Um, you've been to kennels before. I know I have many times where someone tries to, to cut corners and maybe save money by feeding a lesser fuel, a lesser feed to their dogs, and it, it can actually stain uh, the concrete, it makes a bigger mess in the kennel, uh, and that's something that, that I just don't like because that reflects on uh, my dog's intestines and internal well-being uh, when I see 
the floor looking that way, I'm thinking this can't be real good for my dogs. Uh, Pro Plan, uh, I guess because of the quality ingredients, never leaves a stain or a mess in the kennel. Have you noticed that? You know, I think uh, one of the big benefits of ProPlan is the high digestibility um, and the small stools. I think, um, you know, the dogs utilize those nutrients well. And that's, you know, we've, we always talk about ingredients, but really the, the key thing is nutrients and what's in that food. And, you know, ProPlan doesn't have any artificial colors or flavors or anything. Everything's natural. Um, so I think that high digestibility makes for a, a great small stool that's easily picked up in the yard or wherever. Hey, I talk about it all the time. Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula is all my dogs have known from mother's milk to uh, uh, the end of their, their careers for many, many years now since Pro Plan became Pro Plan. And, boy, you can find it just about everywhere. Uh, Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Uh, has it, but anywhere you're traveling in the United States, you're readily going to find Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula, right? That's it. Um, you know, sport, and then there's a 30-20 formula. There's a couple different varieties, either chicken or salmon or beef, and then um, you know, there's some other sport formulas that are maybe a, a, a little less protein and fat, a 27% protein, mm-hmm. 17% fat for maybe some easy keepers, but uh but sport is definitely the the product that the the vast majority of competitors and field trialers uh, feed their dogs. Hey, Carl, always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, really appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Billy. Call anytime. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute, a focus on people that make a difference. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com. A lot of great tips on the show today for dog owners, dog trainers, bird dog owners, and even you guys with a lovable lap dog, a house dog, a buddy. There's a lot you can garner from this show today. And if you want to go back and hear more or hear it again, kinderoutdoors.com. You can click on the podcast and hear it anytime, okay? Got a segment coming up in just a few minutes that you don't want to miss. Carl Gunzer and Bob West together talking about traveling with dogs. Does your dog like to go on vacation with you? Are you hauling a load of bird dogs to Canada or Montana for summer workouts? Stick around. Hi, I'm Eric Gerlinger from Lewistown, Montana. Come fish our walleye and hunt our elk. 
Well, I'm not in the great outdoors. I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. You'll know Toby Meadows when you run into him on the lot there at Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine because on his name tag is a big green bass. <laughs> He's earned the right to wear that big fish around. He's caught three over 10 pounds. Yes, sir. Three times, uh, twice on Lake Fork and once on Lake Condren. This lifelong passion for Toby started in the cab of that old Chevy truck, headed for the fishing hole a long time ago. I had an uncle, Uncle Jim, got me started. And it was just a little cork popper with little black and yellow feathers, looked like a bumblebee, and that started it all. Three 10-pounders and 19 years with the classic grapevine family. And Toby is still going down the road in that Chevy truck. These days, though, it's a little newer, a little less bumpy, and a whole lot more powerful. Yes, it is. I like it, too, especially that diesel. Got that half-ton diesel. It's good. Nice truck. Lifelong memories await your bunch in the cab of the truck. Get started at ClassicChevrolet.com. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com. Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet, bid on an auction item, make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Castelleria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. 
Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. Outdoorsmen and women, hunters, shooters, and fishers are the reason that wild creatures roam bountifully in wild places. This is where we come together to talk about it. Kinder Outdoors. Every week we hear from folks all across the United States that like to gather in the camp house with us. Thank you for the note. Tom Mickelson, Roswell, New Mexico. Mike Campbell, Hazlitt, Texas. Beth Hansen is in Springfield, Missouri. And Robin Wyant hears the show in Opelika, Alabama. John Wendell, Houston, Texas. Up in Howell, Michigan, Alan Kane is tuning in. Frost, Texas. A hundred years ago, I used to announce the high school rodeo in Frost, Texas. Tyler Norrell is there. Brandon Lindsay, Millery, Alabama. And Michelle Miranda catches Kinder Outdoors in Salem, Connecticut. Thanks, guys, for the note. Let us hear from you. Let us know how you listen. AM, FM, podcast, satellite. And while you're at KinderOutdoors.com, register and win one of our really cool Kinder Outdoors t-shirts. I had an opportunity to sit down with Carl Gunzer and Bob West, a couple of big names in the bird dog world, and I wanted to talk to them, get some good tips from them about traveling with our dogs. This will apply not only to a trailer load of bird dogs, but your pet as well, right there in the back seat as you go on vacation. That's a, at least that. I <laughs> run the first dog in 1967. So. Yeah, yeah, you have been down the road with uh, with a few. Carl, you're about to hit the road. A lot of times uh, as bird hunters, we're traveling a few hundred miles, maybe a few states across the U.S. Uh, with several days of travel involved. And really need to put some thought into taking care of our dogs on a long trip. Yeah, you're not kidding. And over the years, um, you know, I made my annual trip was Montana to Texas, 2,000 miles, you know, about a three-day to four-day drive. And I started doing it in longer, taking a little longer to do it, so I wasn't always so rushed. But you've got to think about making sure your dogs are healthy, making sure they're vaccinated, um, making sure you've got good water that you can haul with you the whole way so you're not switching water halfway through the yeah. the, the trip, you know, um, making sure uh, – you know, you've got your food. Um, I know you talk about it all the time, but Fortiflora, um, yeah. we always give our dogs Fortiflora before we travel. It made a huge difference with the truckload. You know, we took 22 dogs 2,000 miles, and, you know, once we started using Fortiflora, you could almost always get there without having any you know, upset stomachs yeah. or diarrhea or anything like that. And, yeah. and it just you, you hit two things there that are just, uh, I, I insist on them. Four to four, I start three or four days out before I travel. And every day throughout the hunt, throughout the trip, uh, and then for three or four days after I return home. Safe enough to use every day. Why not use it? Uh, it keeps them solid uh, and feeling a whole lot better. And water. I've always been a stickler. A lot of guys will, will just use water wherever they are up and down the road. But, Bob, I take the, all the water 
water I can haul when I leave town, I want them to have consistently the same water. Yes, if possible, have enough water to do the whole trip. Is yeah. Exactly right. And then if you don't, be careful where you're getting it. Yeah. And I've even heard some people with one or two dogs go to bottled water. Yeah, absolutely. Bottled water all the way. If That's that's my first option if I run out of home water uh, on the road. Hey, we want to make sure that that crate or dog trailer or whatever we're securing our dog in as we travel is in good shape. Yes, it has to be warm, uh, you know, well ventilated, but not open to the outside air and that, and yeah. comfortable inside. Some bedding maybe, or just the right kind of mats and so on, because you don't want the dog bouncing around in there and, yeah. and staying comfortable. There's another thing you kind of touched on when we started. When you're traveling across state lines, a lot of times you need to be uh, getting a health certificate before you take off. Cause yeah. Uh, there are situations where there'll be a, a veterinary or a, a Department of Agriculture person maybe checking you at different state parks and things like that. So yeah. just for safety's sake. And then another, uh, if you know where you're going, where you're going to be hunting, Bill, good idea to check around and find a vet, uh, familiarize yourself with. Hopefully you're not going to need them, but yeah. if you do, you want to be able to get there quick. Yeah. I know we have all run into situations on yeah. the road multiple times where it's Sunday afternoon and everybody's closed and we've got a, a dog that's hit a barbed wire fence or maybe a rattlesnake got him. Something we needed to vet makes your job four times longer if you don't have that phone number in your pocket, Carl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. A little tough. Uh, Carl, uh, if we're working multiple dogs, we've got eight or ten dogs that we're hauling uh, and we're using a trailer and this kind of goes back to what Bob and I were talking about one thing we really need to check on a lot of these trailers have wooden floors in them and if we left last year's hay in there that we need to check that floor don't we yeah make sure it's not rotten make sure uh, it's clean not you know moist um, another thing we hadn't talked about is make sure you've got crates that are lockable um, it takes special care especially if you're staying overnight somewhere at a hotel um, you know you just never know when somebody's going to whether they want to steal a good bird dog or, or they think it's uh, you know cruel to leave a dog in a crate and they decide to open it up and let them run out on the highway and it's happened so um, make sure those crates are lockable well ventilated yeah a good friend of all of ours tom Dockin and i were talking one day bob and he said you know a mistake a lot of guys make and i've made this mistake i'm guilty we get to the field we're so excited to go hunting uh we let we we park the truck and we turn the dog loose and then we put on our vest and get our gun that's the wrong order of uh, business there mm -hmm. There's, you be careful that way getting them out. You don't get the dog out until you're ready to go. And then when you come back, Bill, hand somebody your gun. Make sure it's unloaded. Hand somebody your gun. Take care of the dog. Put them up. Because a lot of times you're parked near a gravel road or something. You get to talk and you're counting your birds and you're doing this and that and boom. Yeah. You want to put the dog away so he's not knocking things over or chewing on birds and so yeah, on. Yeah, or getting in trouble out on the road. Yeah. Boy, that'd just be a heartbreaker. That that would that would ruin my, my more than my trip. It would ruin a big chunk of me from now on too. We need to be careful where we stop uh, because of disease too. There are some places up and down the roadway. Roadside parks are, uh, boy, it's a, a big one for me. Your dog gets out, and the first thing he does is put his nose on the ground and start sniffing. That could be bad news, Carl. 
I, I'm not a fan of uh, airing my dogs at, at, you know, any of the highway pull-offs, you know, parks and stuff like that. I, I try and find something a little more remote. Uh, I try not to do it in a, a local high school football uh, field or anything. But, you know, try and find a kind of a somewhere tucked off that you can get them out. And, you know, and of course... Um, you know, if they don't mind you, put a leash on them or a collar on them or something like that, a flexi if you have to, whatever. But, you know, yeah. um, when you're in strange places and you don't know what's out there, you know, I've had stray dogs come running up. All, all, everything can happen, you know, so yeah. have control of them. I had one more thought we need to think about is uh, foxtail barley and stuff like yeah. that that's growing a lot along the roadsides. Not only in the field, we're watching for, you know, uh, all the different grasses that can cause us problems where the dog would inhale the seed or the or the grass on would work between their toes and so on but yeah. i've noticed in a lot of the roadside stops that this foxtail barley and and some of those foxtails are very prevalent so yeah. you want to be thinking about that and keep your dog out of them and and groom them for it when yeah. uh, you put them back up. But. You bet. That's that's a very good thought. Yeah. As traveling, I was in Montana years ago hunting. I, like Carl used to make that annual trip back and forth, go up there and hunt uh, a lot. And that's where my dogs first uh, encountered grass ons. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Two vets in Texas never did figure it out. So, Bob, you're sitting here with friends. So we, Carl, and I want to know the truth. And all this traveling with dogs through the years, how many times have you allowed a dog? To to sleep in bed with you in a motel. Never. Never once? <laughs> no. Never? Because Carl and I have, I promise you. Never. Never on a cold night? You don't. I, try, I tried it one time with a dog I particularly liked, but he just wore me out. And he, you know, because he wasn't accustomed to that. Yeah. So he was so happy in there wiggling around all the time, I took him back out in the truck. <laughs> I have really enjoyed my friendships in the bird dog world through the years, and those two guys are a big part of that. Carl Gunzer up in Colorado and in Iowa, my buddy Bob West. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us in the camp house today at Kinder Outdoors, and I mentioned it earlier, but if there's any part of the show that you'd like to hear again, it's at kinderoutdoors.com. Just click on the podcast tab and the June 25th show. Hey, everybody, it's Justin Lucas. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. We're talking about dogs today, bird dogs, lots of bird dog training and treatment. And hey, a lot of this stuff applies to your pet as well, your house dog. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel with formulas for every kind of dog. Big dogs, little dogs, working dogs, couch potatoes. Pick up the formula that best suits your dog at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Purina Pro Plan. I've got some of the top dog training minds on the planet on the show today. Carl Gunzer was with us about an hour ago with Purina Pro Plan. He's trained two national champion retrievers. 
a good guy to go to when you'd like some hot weather training tips. Hey, Carl, always a pleasure to talk to you. Welcome back. Hey, Billy, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, joining me on the show today. You know, we're starting to heat up. We're moving on into uh, summertime. And that means uh, that our, our conditioning, our workouts, our times spent with our field dogs changes. Talk to us as a champion trainer uh, about what you like to do with your dogs as you move out of the hunting seasons through the spring and then into the hot months of summer. How do you how do you taper that and work that? Yeah, well, you know, back in the old days, you fix that with uh, your truck and you drive up to Montana and spend the summers <laughs> in Montana training. But um, <laughs> reality uh, for most of us thank you. That's uh, the conversation. Yeah. End of conversation. Thanks, Carl. Talk to you later. <laughs> I'm going to Montana. <laughs> yeah, there's the easy answer, right? The, the hard yeah. one now for all of us guys working and not competing is uh, how do you survive, uh, you know, the summer if, if you live in Texas down south? And, um, you know, for the retrievers that I did, the maybe the short, easier answer is water. You know, the dogs swim and, um, you know, you try to work in the water when you can. But honestly, the water gets hot too, you know, and um, a dog can overheat swimming in warm water just as easily as running on land. So, um, you know, the, the main thing I would really try to do when I had a, a bunch of dogs and had to train in hotter weather, even, you know, if you're in Montana or wherever it gets hot, is shorten the length of the training sessions and just sort of watch for signs of uh, when the dogs start to get too hot. You know, is there, there excessive panting, um, uh, the tongue starts to curl, you know, they start to, um, you know, they, they almost, you, they get a look that, uh, hey, they, you know, they won't quit, but they won't mind if you ask them to, to stop, you know, you know, one thing to watch out for. And as you said, some of the signs, um, you know, we mentioned a, a heavily curling tongue, labored breathing. Um, you know, if a dog ever gets wobbly, I mean, you've, you've gone too far at that point, right? As soon as a dog starts to, to wobble or stagger around, you know, you've, You've gone too far, and that's time to really start working to cool a dog off a little bit. Um, never in ice water, you know, cool off with, you know, cool water. Uh, people can use alcohol, um, like rubbing alcohol, which has evaporative cooling under their um, armpits and feet and that type of thing if you don't have water handy. But um, the big thing is to start that cooling process, stop working, get them in the shade, and um, start working to, to get their temperature back down to an acceptable level. Yeah, and something key that you said there is never use ice water because, uh, boy, we would just totally send them into shock, huh? Yeah, it, it causes some other physical reactions, and I'm, I'm not a veterinarian by any stretch, but uh, I know that cold water causes some constriction of blood vessels and different things that, um, is just not recommended. You know, cool water, yes, but never like ice cold water. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Um, and, and I'm sure in the summer months you're limiting like five minutes sometimes when, you know, the desert southwest where it can reach 120 degrees uh, or in the southeastern United States where that humidity can hit 120 uh, percent, just outrageous numbers. Uh, five minutes, yeah. you can get a lot done in five minutes if you pre-plan and, and uh, just get your work done. Yeah, and, and Bill, you know, the other thing is is people – 
there's other things that you can work on in those months where you can't run the dog. So, you know, work on your physical, physical conditioning when it's cool and you can spend time doing it in the summer, maybe work on their, their mind a little bit, whether it's honoring, um, you know, being steady to other dogs, you know, maybe do things a little different. So in the retriever deal, um, you know, shorten the retrieves, but have one dog honor another one, or maybe have three or four dogs out and have them all sitting there and, Give them each retrieves one at a time where the other three have to watch one work. Or, uh, you know, with, with bird dogs, kind of practice honoring and steadying more and working on their mind as opposed to, you know, developing a big run. So I think um, people can be smart about what they're trying to teach when, and that really helps you do something. And, you know, there's a uh, – oh, you know, people that have their dogs in the house, there's a lot of training that can be done in the house, whether it's, you know, learning to be steady walking through – doorways or stay on a place board and um, I mean there's you know healing drills you know if it's a, a breed or something where you really need some control like a versatile dog um, do some healing drills uh, so I think just sort of adapting to the time of the year and being smart you can you can train year-round even if you live in Texas you just have to, to be careful and do things a little differently in the summer yep there you go uh, I'm going back to your original thought, and that is uh, take a little trip to Montana and stay there for a few months. <laughs> Good advice. That's Carl Ganser with my yeah. Purina Pro Plan. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thanks, Billy. Good morning, everybody. This is the Pig Man, and uh, we're about to shoot some swine. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about shooting some pigs with Kinder Outdoors. It's time to get doves and ducks on your mind. And, hey, deer season is just around the corner. Ramp it up this year with help from Marksman Firearms in Mansfield, Killeen, Wichita Falls, and Granbury. Rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and accessories. Marksman makes it easy, too, with same-as-cash 90-day layaway. Military and first responders enjoy a 10% discount. New to shooting? No problem. Marksman Firearms has knowledgeable pros that love to help. Make your mark at Marksman. MarksmanFirearms.com. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store gets snack, and we either stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car so I can just feel the comfort knowing that will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word. CSBibleChurch.org. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers. 
snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, buried Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The Herdware Store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. The fish came from our waters, the meat from our fields, the heritage and history from our hearts. Glad you're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, we're taking care of the dogs on the show today, and with the 4th of July just a week away, fireworks are something that can be a bad, bad deal. Right, Tom Dockin? Oh, boy. You know, it's it's kind of one of those game changers and game enders, actually, in a lot of cases. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, 4th of July has probably ruined more potential hunting dogs than any other you know, one day out of the year, and, and you know, there, there's certain things that you can recover from dog training-wise. I mean, I always tell people, you can do a bad job with sit or come, and uh, still have a hunting dog. You can't do a bad job with uh, introduction to loud noises and uh, and still have a hunting dog in a lot of cases. Yeah, and if we, uh, if we get excited and it's 4th of July and we want to make the kids happy and we've bought that big package of fireworks that we're going to set off, we can be halfway through that and realize, oh, no, I'm probably too close to the kennel and those pups over there. We we need to put some forethought into where our dogs are going to be when all of these fireworks start going off. Well, yeah, and, you know, it's not often, you know, self-inflicted wounds, so to speak, where you're doing it yourself. It's, you know, did you, you really know what's going on in your neighborhood or, or going on that that's out of your control as well? So, uh, man, I, it's just something that you, you have to be super careful with. Uh, and, and, you know, almost, you know, to the point where you go, all right, I'm going to be real anal about making sure that this puppy is protected from these noises. 
you just can't take you can't take that chance. You just can't. Uh, so no. Yeah. So not only what are you doing on Fourth of July, but know what your surroundings are going to be like as well, and expect the worst so you know how to prepare for it and keep your you know your new puppy you know protected from it. Tom, and you're going to hate this question, but if if it's too late, if it happened early in our dog's life and and now he's a, a year old and he's really scared of of loud noise. How do we go about working with that dog out in the field to maybe bring him back a little bit? Well, you, you know, what, what's happened there is that fireworks in general, and you could do this with the gun as well by doing, a, you know, the wrong gun introduction. There's two types of introductions to noises. There's a tolerance introduction, and then there's a positive reinforcement introduction. Tolerance means I just hope the dog tolerates this and doesn't get scared. And that could be in the form of, you know, say, well, I'm just going to take my dog to the trap range and have him in the parking lot and then gradually try to work him closer to the guns. He doesn't know what the noise is or why it's there, and all you're doing is crossing your fingers and hoping that he tolerates the noise. And sure, there's been people that that's how they introduce their dogs to the gun. And I would say, well, you know, you rolled the dice and you won that time. I I just don't want to roll the dice, and that's... That's not what I'm going to do. So positive reinforcement, what we would do, and this is with any dog now, but we have to find something that this dog is crazy about to do. And early on what we'll do is we'll get them really fired up about, you know, picking up pigeons, uh, getting that aggressiveness of bringing out that prey drive, and really get that to the forefront. And then what we'll gradually do is I would have a, it's a two-person operation, and this goes for a dog who has, hasn't had a bad experience or does, then we'll have somebody get out in front with that pigeon, dead bird, or whatever really turns your dog on. And that person will just clap their hands. They're going to be out there about 25, 30 yards. Clap their hands and throw that object and let the dog go retrieve and come back. And clapping your hands at 40 yards, I mean, that's it's so light it's not even a factor. But the whole idea is that dog is getting a little audible noise and seeing something that it wants, okay? So we'll we'll do that for a couple of days, gradually work it in closer and closer where the dog hears that, that little slap and then gets to make the retreat. Uh, and provided that's going well, we go, you know, back out to 40 yards, pop a blank pistol. And I like using those little acorn crimps. You know, they're they're a little bit of a noise, but they're not overwhelming and pop and then throw. And then we're always watching the dog's reaction. The person who's shooting is watching, and then the person who is hanging on to the to the dog and then sending it for the retrieve is watching. And we want to see the dog just fired up to run out there. Now, things that you got to look for is gun shyness can be anything from when that noise takes place where the dog just blinks and then runs out and makes a great retrieve. That that even that blinking is telling you that uh, I'm a little uncertain with the noise, but I, I like what's out there. So it can go then progressively from blinking to to kind of just turning their head away and looking the opposite direction, knowing that that person's gonna you know pop that blank pistol, to then turning their back to the you know the guy who's gonna be throwing and shooting and then wanting to get out of there. So we even we even look at a blink. Like, okay, we're seeing some signs here. We need to get further away 
with that noise or back up a step to just clapping for, you know, a while. Well, gradual progression then, Billy, is, is blank gun over a period of days where we gradually work a little closer, always with the throw. And I always tell people this is like if I had $100 bills out there and I clapped my hands and you came out and I gave you 100 bucks, pretty soon you'd go, hey, uh, that's a pretty good noise, you know, that's out there. <laughs> So, and we want the dog to feel the same way. But as we work in closer, we'll still watch the dog's posture. And that really what you want is that they should be just like tugging and pulling on that leash to want to get out to that person. And then uh, when we get to the point where we can shoot the blank gun next to the dog, we go all the way back out at that 40-yard distance and we start with a 410. And then gradually work each day in a little bit, a little bit, always with that throw and retrieve. Go all the way back out again start the 20 gauge and then you know gradually um, go to the 12 gauge but the the key there is, is if you see that uh, they're a little uncomfortable then you know back down back down to a lighter you know what the dog really excelled on before back down you know get down to maybe the go back to the 410 or go back to the the blank gun uh, because if you decide that you're going to try to accomplish this today you, that's not how it works you accomplish what the dog will let you accomplish. Professionally, think of this. Professionally, without without a, uh, a problem with a dog that has had no problems with the gun, we take two weeks to properly introduce a dog to the gun. So if you think you're going to do it on the weekend, it's really a gamble. Uh, so with so, a, a normal a normal dog starting from yeah. scratch, yeah, no problems, two weeks. So Yeah. So, and then if you have a dog that has already had a problem, we're going to say a minimum of a month, but here's the problem. We could be, you know, moving right along, you know, and things are moving, moving, moving. All of a sudden, one day, you know, that dog might go, you know what? I was okay with the blank gun and the 410, uh, you know, the 20 gauge, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. So, you know, a professional trainer, you know, is probably is not going to go like, yeah, got it covered, I can take care of it. Because you never know when and if that dog is going to go, I'll tolerate up to this point, and then that's it. Now, dogs with super hard prey drive are probably a little bit better candidates because their desire to want to go do the retrieve and that bird drive will overcome sometimes those things. Yep, If you have a dog that is a little skittish in general, a little softer temperamented, um, you know, they're they're going to question the process probably a little bit more. Hey, Tom, I tell everybody every week that Purina Pro Plan is the absolute best fuel that you can give not only your bird dog, but your cow dog, your couch dog, your whatever dog. And I know you're in full agreement with that. Uh, we are. You know, we feed a lot of dogs uh, the Purina brand. We feed the Purina Pro Plan. We, we need to feed the best. And, uh, you know, in my book, yeah. I agree 100% with you. That's Tom Dockin up in Northfield, Minnesota, one of our pros here at Kinder Outdoors, talking about those fireworks on the 4th of July and how detrimental they can be uh, to your gun dog. Don't gun shy your gun dog with 4th of July firecrackers. Hey, everybody, it's Dominic Zamito with Two Rivers Fly Shop in North Fork, Arkansas. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Billy, are you sinking? It looks like you've got a heck of a hole in your waders there. Hey, crappie anglers. Crappie season is here. 
Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022. Check out the all-new Wally Marshall Classic Signature Rods by Lou's. The Wally Marshall Classic Series starts at 5 foot 6 and all the way up to 16 foot in length. IM8 graphite construction, cork handles, stainless steel guides, super light for all-day use, and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today. Now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides, and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three-pounder. Pro Target rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for wade fishing and heavy cover. All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunder, Slabalicious, Jokers, and Shadpos. Tennessee Mist, White, Who Dat, and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie Slabomatic Electric Filet Knife handy too. StrikeKing.com, Lose.com, and SmithsProducts.com. Folks, Texas Outdoors, a true Texas legend, has been serving up hunting, fishing, and shooting supplies to fine folks like you and me for 38 years. Every day, Robert Cantrell puts that genuine smile on his face, turns the key in the door, loads up on fresh stories to share, and takes care of whatever you and I have needed. Robert, well done. Texas Outdoors final sale is its biggest ever. Texas Outdoors, Southwest Fort Worth on the Benbrook Traffic Circle. Thank you for your business. You've worked hard your entire life, and now that place is yours. Ensure the security of your livestock and wildlife with Tejas Ranch and Game Fence. You appreciate a job well done, and that's our focus at Tejas. High deer fence, horse and cattle specific fences, fences that keep the hogs out, and the peace of mind intact. Decades of high performance in fencing, land clearing, and happy landowners. T-E-J-A-S. TejasRanchFence.com. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple. To put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org 
for the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me, heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore, men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. and fishermen gather here every week. Boy, we need another freezer. This camp house is Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. Welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. If you're an athlete, you know that what you put in your mouth directly affects your workout. It's the same with our bird dogs. It's imperative if you compete or hunt with your bird dogs. You've got to feed them the best, and in my book, that's Purina Pro Plan. That's no secret. I've talked about that for years. Carl Gunzer, a two-time national champion retriever trainer, now makes his living at Purina Pro Plan. Pro Plan performance for your bird dogs, working dogs, retrievers, 30% protein, 20% fat. That is a hot fuel. But, yes, go ahead and feed it in the summertime. Here's Carl to talk about it. Carl, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, optimum feed. Uh, you are a bird dog guy. You won a couple of national championships. Uh, bird dogs have been a big part of your life a long, long time. And that led to a career uh, with our friends at Purina Pro Plan. And uh, every field trialer, trainer, uh, everyone who knows anything about their dogs knows you're not going to get a better fuel than Pro Plan. Pro Plan performance, 30% protein, 20% fat. Most of us feed it in the wintertime. That makes sense. It's a hot fuel and we burn a lot of energy in the wintertime. But it's recommended by your scientists there to feed it year-round, even in the hot summer. That's right, Billy. The biggest thing that changes for a dog is sort of the, the caloric needs when it's running, when it's performing, how hard it's working. But that doesn't really change its system. You know, it still does it. It's very efficient at burning fat. It utilizes protein. And while, you know, in the summer, if you're not training or competing, you might not need to feed as much food, there's really no advantage to changing foods to something with less protein and fat. I know a lot of times people will do it. They think um, their dog is going to get, you know, the quote, the word you hear is hot by um, feeding a higher protein and fat food. But honestly, they do a better job metabolizing and burning fat than they do carbohydrates or, or anything else. And so really, um, we recommend just decreasing the amount you feed, feed the same food year-round. The dog system never has to adjust to a, a different protein and fat level. You know, you can save a little bit of money by, by feeding less dog food. You know, I heard a scientist talk 
a few years ago about feeding ProPlan year-round as opposed to uh, a fuel that's not so, quote, hot in the summertime. And and he explained that really by the time your dog uh, makes the adjustments needed to take on a new feed, a new formula, it's then time to move them back into your fall feeding pattern, your your active pattern of ProPlan performance again. So uh, it, it's not like our dogs can just adjust overnight. Exactly. You know, um, Billy, tomorrow if you say, hey, I'm going to start on a keto diet and you eat uh, meat for one day, you know, your body is not in ketosis yet, right? You're not your, – your system hasn't adapted to burning that food properly. It takes you weeks or months before, you know, your body is adapted to that diet. So it's sort of the same with these dogs, right? If they start um, – if tomorrow you say, hey, I'm going to go hunting, so I'm going to feed him a higher protein and fat diet, he's not going to optimally digest that food the next day. It's going to be, you know, six to eight weeks before their body is really utilizing that diet to the best of their ability. So um, there's really no reason to switch foods. And, and like you say, if you do, you should switch back to your performance food about two months before the competition starts. Um, yeah. So – you know, might as well just keep them on the same same diet. I guess the only thing I would say, if somebody really feels strongly, they have a dog that is a super easy keeper, and you feel like, gosh, in the summer, you know, I can't hardly feed this dog more than, you know, two cups of food, and she acts like she's starving. She She's not satisfied with this small portion. You know, you could switch to a little less nutrient-dense food. Um but again, you'd want to switch back, you know, two months prior to really beginning training. And hopefully most people don't let their dogs just lay around in the summertime, or I should maybe say the off-season, right? They, you keep them, keep them working some, you know, maybe not as rigorous. They need, their bodies obviously need some time to, to settle down and, and relax and um, kind of heal from the hunting season or field trial season or whatever it might be. But, uh, um you know, if you can do it and keep them on the same food, you might as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another big deal for people that have multiple dogs and kennel their dogs um, on on concrete is the, that stool. Um, you've been to kennels before. I know I have many times where someone tries to, to cut corners and maybe save money by feeding a lesser fuel, uh, lesser feed to their dogs, and it, it can actually stain uh, the concrete. It makes a bigger mess in the kennel, uh, and that's something that, that I just don't like because that reflects on uh, my dog's intestines and internal well-being. Uh, when I see the floor looking that way, I'm thinking, this can't be real good for my dogs. Uh, ProPlan, uh, I guess because of the quality ingredients, never leaves a stain or a mess in the kennel. Have you noticed that? You know, I think uh, one of the big benefits of ProPlan is the high digestibility um, and the small stools. I think, um, you know, the dogs utilize those nutrients well. And that's, you know, we've, we always talk about ingredients, but really the, the key thing is nutrients and what's in that food. And, you know, ProPlan doesn't have any artificial colors or flavors or anything everything's natural um so i think that high digestibility makes for a 
a great small tool that's easily picked up in the yard or wherever. Hey, I talk about it all the time. Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula is all my dogs have known from mother's milk to uh, uh, the end of their, their careers for many, many years now since Pro Plan became Pro Plan. And, boy, you can find it just about everywhere. Uh, Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores uh, has it. But anywhere you're traveling in the United States, you're readily going to find Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula, right? That's it. Um, you know, sport. And then there's a 30-20 formula. There's a couple different varieties, either chicken or salmon or beef. And then, um, you know, there's some other sport formulas that are maybe a, a, a little less protein and fat, a 27 percent protein, 17 percent fat for maybe some easy keepers, but uh, but sport is definitely the the product that the, the vast majority of competitors and field trialers uh, feed their dogs. Hey, Carl, always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, really appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Billy. Call anytime. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute, a focus on people that make a difference. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website quailcoalition.org. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com. Well, hey, if your dog likes to go on vacation with you, if you take the dogs down the road with you, I've got a couple of tips for you. Number one, start the Fortiflora a few days before you go throughout your trip and for a few days after your return. That helps prevent GI upset in the car. Know what I mean? Tip number two, stick around for great tips from two top-notch pros, Carl Gunzer and Bob West on Traveling with Dogs when we come back. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas hill country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? 
Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa and they're simple and they're and they're we just can't make them fast enough they're fully cooked all you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside and it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them these items have become staples in our home robin's favorite is the taco meat i'm partial to the tamales and what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas, are award-winning artists, many times over, and for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granberry, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axes, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state-to-state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weather. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Bagara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, speed, and feeders available too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. have to have four-wheel drive to get to this camp house. The helicopter will do the trick. This is Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and it's all about the dogs today. If you travel with your bird dogs or your family dog likes to go on vacation with you cross-country, then you'll benefit from these tips from a couple of real smart dog guys, Bob West and Carl Gunzer. That's a, at least that. I <laughs> run the first dog in 1967. So. Yeah, yeah. You have been down the road with uh, with a few. Carl, you're about to hit the road. A lot of times, uh, as bird hunters, we're traveling 
a few hundred miles, maybe a few states across the U.S. Uh, with several days of travel involved. We really need to put some thought into taking care of our dogs on a long trip. Yeah, you're not kidding. And over the years, um, you know, I made my annual trip was Montana to Texas, 2,000 miles, you know, about a three-day to four-day drive. And I started doing it in longer taking a little longer to do it so it wasn't always so rushed but you've got to think about making sure your dogs are healthy making sure they're vaccinated um, making sure you've got good water that you can haul with you the whole way so you're not switching water halfway through the yeah. the, the trip you know um, making sure uh, you know you've got your food um, I know you talk about all the time but Fortiflora um, yeah. we always give our dogs Fortiflora before we travel it made a huge difference with the truckload you know we took 22 dogs 2,000 miles and you know, once we started using Fortiflora, you could almost always get there without having any, you know, upset stomachs yeah. or diarrhea or anything like that. And yeah. it just you, that you hit two things there that are just, uh, I, I insist on them. Fortiflora, I start three or four days out before I travel. And every day throughout the hunt, throughout the trip, uh, and then for three or four days after I return home. Safe enough to use every day. Why not use it? Uh, it keeps them solid uh, and feeling a whole lot better. And water. I've always been a stickler. A lot of guys will, will just use water wherever they are up and down the road. But, Bob, I take all the water I can haul when I leave town. I want them to have consistently the same water. Yes, if possible, have enough water to do the whole trip. Is yeah. Exactly right. And then if you don't, be careful where you're getting it. And I've even heard some people with one or two dogs uh, go to bottled water. Yeah, absolutely. Bottled water all the way. If that's that's my first option if I run out of home water uh, on the road. Hey, we want to make sure that that crate or dog trailer or whatever we're securing our dog in as we travel is in good shape. Yes, it has to be warm, uh, you know, well ventilated, but not open to the outside air and that, and yeah. comfortable inside, some bedding maybe, or just the right kind of mats and so on, because you don't want the dog bouncing around in there and, yeah. and staying comfortable. There's another thing you kind of touched on when we started, when you're traveling across state lines, a lot of times you need to be uh, getting a health certificate before you take off. Cause yeah. Uh, there are situations where there'll be a, a veterinary or a, a Department of Agriculture person maybe checking you at different state parks and things like that. So yeah. just for safety's sake. And yeah. then another, uh, if you know where you're going, where you're going to be hunting, Bill, good idea to check around and find a vet, uh, familiarize yourself with. Hopefully you're not going to need them, but yeah. if you do, you want to be able to get there quick. Yeah. I know we have all run into situations on yeah. the road multiple times where it's Sunday afternoon and everybody's closed and we've got a, a dog that's hit a barbed wire fence or maybe a rattlesnake got him. Something we needed a vet makes your job four times longer if you don't have that phone number in your pocket, Carl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. A little tough. Uh, Carl, uh, if we're working multiple dogs, we've got eight or ten dogs that we're hauling uh, and we're using a trailer and this kind of goes back to what Bob and I were talking about one thing we really need to check on a lot of these trailers have wooden floors in them and if we left last year's hay in there that we need to check that floor don't we yeah make sure it's not rotten make sure uh, it's clean not you know moist um, another thing we hadn't talked about is make sure you've got crates that are lockable um, it takes special care especially if you're staying overnight somewhere at a hotel um, you know you just never know when somebody's going to whether they want to steal a good bird dog or, or they think it's uh, you know 
cruel to leave a dog in a crate and they decide to open it up and let them run out on the highway and it's happened so uh, make sure those crates are lockable well ventilated yeah a good friend of all of ours tom dockett and i were talking one day bob and he said you know a mistake a lot of guys make and i've made this mistake i'm guilty we get to the field we're so excited to go hunting uh we let we we park the truck and we turn the dog loose and then we put on our vest and get our gun that's the wrong order of uh, business there mm-hmm. There's, you be careful that way getting them out. You don't get the dog out until you're ready to go. And then when you come back, Bill, hand somebody your gun. Make sure it's unloaded. Hand somebody your gun. Take care of the dog. Put them up. Because a lot of times you're parked near a gravel road or something. You get to talk and you're counting your birds and you're doing this and that and boom. Yeah. You want to put the dog away so he's not knocking things over or chewing on birds and so yeah, on. Yeah, or getting in trouble out on the road. Yeah. Boy, that'd just be a heartbreaker. That that would that would ruin my my more than my trip. It would ruin a big chunk of me from now on too. We need to be careful where we stop uh, because of disease too. There are some places up and down the roadway. Roadside parks are, what's uh, a, a big one for me. Your dog gets out, and the first thing he does is put his nose on the ground and start sniffing. That could be bad news, Carl. I, I'm not a fan of uh, airing my dogs at, at, you know, any of the highway pull-offs, you know, parks yeah. and stuff like that. I, I try and find something a little more remote. Uh, I try not to do it in a, a local high school football uh, field or anything. But, you know, try and find a kind of a somewhere tucked off that you can get them out. And, you know, and of course, um you know, if they don't mind, you put a leash on them or a collar on them or something like that, a flexi if you have to, whatever. But, you know, um, when you're in strange places and you don't know what's out there, you know, I've had stray dogs come running up. All, all, everything can happen, you know, so yeah. have control of them. I had one more thought we need to think about is uh, foxtail barley and stuff like yeah. that that's growing a lot along the roadsides. Not only in the field, we're watching for, you know, uh, all the different grasses that can cause us problems where the dog would inhale the seed or the or the grass on would work between their toes and so on but i've noticed in a lot of the roadside stops that this foxtail barley and and some of those foxtails are very prevalent so you want to be thinking about that and keep your dog out of them and and groom them for it when yeah. uh, you put them back up. But. You bet. That's that's a very good thought. Yeah. As traveling, I was in Montana years ago hunting. I, like Carl used to make that annual trip back and forth, go up there and hunt uh, a lot. And that's where my dogs first uh, encountered grass ons. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Two vets in Texas never did figure it out. So, Bob, you're sitting here with friends. So we, Carl, and I want to know the truth. And all this traveling with dogs through the years, how many times have you allowed a dog to sleep in bed with you in a motel never never once <laughs> no never because carl and i have i promise you never never on a cold night you don't i try i tried it one time with a dog i particularly like but he just wore me out and he you know because he wasn't accustomed to that yeah so he was so happy in there wiggling around all the time i took him back out in the truck <laughs> That's my buddy Bob West along with uh, Carl Gunzer there. Bob and Carl traveling with dogs. Pretty smart fellas. Hey, if you missed any of this or you want to hear it again or pass it on to a buddy, just come see me at kinderoutdoors.com and click on the podcast for today's date, June 25, 2022. Hey, drop by the website this week, kinderoutdoors.com. That's K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten. And register to win one of those good-looking Kinder Outdoors t-shirts. We give them away all the time, but you have to register to uh, win it. It's a simple drawing. 
kinderoutdoors.com. And if you ever want to give us a call, that's easily done. one 820 2256 We had some really smart dog guys on the show today. Guys like Tom Dockin up in Minnesota in Iowa, Bob West, Carl Gunzer out in Colorado. And I'm thankful to each and every one of them, as well as you, for hanging out with us. Soon as the show's over, we're going to pack up the old 270 and that Winchester Ballistic Silver Tip, 130 grain ammo, and head for the hill country. We're coming to you next week from Joshua Creek Ranch. Man, if you've never been there, you owe it to yourself to look into it. The bird hunting, the axis deer hunting, the food, the people, the everything. Magnificent. Five star at Joshua Creek Ranch. Hey, I'd also like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house today and invite you to join us next week at Joshua Creek Ranch. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. 